0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ngu. For more information and great content, jump over to our website at ChristchurchCity.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Let me read to you this passage from what Vae just shared. She, she read from um, Luke 10, and um, one, I'll read from 1 to 4. This is what it says. It says, After the Lord appointed 72 others, So there were the 12, and then there were the 72. Then there were the 120. Then there were the 500. Uh, These are all references to disciples of Christ. Everybody, uh, we all major on the 12. uh, But actually there were a lot of disciples that followed Christ. Um, Hundreds, actually. The day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell on the apostles... Uh, there were 120 in the room. You guys remember that? It wasn't just 12. There were 120 in the room. They all received the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit in an instant. Anyway, after this, uh, the Lord appeared to appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. I, I um, felt this was a prophetic word. Leave out that final verse uh, for me. That will be great. Um, there was a prophetic word that God is giving us uh, in this passage of the harvest. We've, there's been a... There's been two themes running over this last few weeks. There's the theme of, uh, uh, that we are supposed to be preaching on called games, which is all about growing in God. But there's been this underlying theme as well, which is the harvest. If, you have, if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we've been majoring on the harvest. We've been talking about it quite a bit. And um, here in this particular verse which just follows after the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few call to the Lord of the harvest for more laborers and uh, into the harvest field. It says here, don't take anything with you. Don't take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. Meaning, and this this is the word I felt the Lord was saying to me, there are things that we are carrying that we've got to let go of. In order for us to be workers in the harvest field and the workers in the field, there are some things we need to let go of. There are some things that we've got to actually not take with us. Yeah. We've got to break those chains. I felt this morning that word about, and, and, and you know, thank you uh, to everyone uh, for sharing, but I just felt that word about the, um, about the church and forgiving the church, that's like a baggage for many of us that we've been carrying for a long time. Offences, we've, it's like another bag we carry. When I was in the Philippines, um, I had to buy a new suitcase because the old one didn't survive the the trip. I lost a wheel, I lost a handle. I was walking, you know, it's one of those four-wheeled things and and I was trying to balance the thing on three. And uh, so I had to buy a whole new back. And the guy that was trying to sell me this bag, I mean, I, he had me at the price. He didn't need to go through the whole sales pitch. It was just cheap. And I was like, yeah, that's my kind of bag, you know, <laughs> a cheap one. Maybe that's why everything breaks every time I use it. Uh, oh, yeah, coincidence. Uh, anyway, uh, and he was standing all over it telling me that, that the bag, that this, this bag, you know, is the special kind of bag. It's made of rubber, not plastic. Therefore, you can stand on it and, uh, and, it, and it just pops back into place. And uh, and so I thought, oh, yeah, okay, uh, thank you. Um, and so I bought it and I bought it home and it survived the trip. Um, but how many you know after I've uh, been on a trip, you, you really, this is the last time you kind of see the bag until the next trip, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not now. Like me, new, I'm going to go take this bag for the, for the next month with me everywhere I go so that everyone can see my new bag and I'm going to stand on it just so it proves like the salesman said uh, it will bounce back. There are things in our lives that, that, that we were carrying that we've actually got to let go. Uh, not just offences. Everybody goes to offences when we talk about baggage. I I'm, I'm, I'm of the camp that it could be theology that we've adopted over the years. That I actually, no, this is actually wrong doctrine, wrong theology. We kind of adopted practices and, and processes because that's just what we saw when we first gave our heart to the Lord. You know, the, the, I don't know if you got... I gave my heart to the Lord in... The, oh, man, when was it? Uh, 93. In the 90s, the early 90s. The early 90s were great days for Pentecostals. Amen. It's like the Holy Spirit was just being released over... A lot of stuff happened in the 90s. We talk about gold dust. We talk about, uh, you know, I mean... You know, we're very polite and proper these days. You know, but in those days, you know, we were all over the floor, um, and we would talk about swimming in the spirit. And you literally, we were swimming in the on the floor in the spirit. You know, we did we did anything and everything. You know, because we wanted to be wherever God was, and we wanted to do the things that, that God, You know, we believed that God was calling us to do. We, we we were we were I guess maybe just a little bit reckless, but at least we were giving it a go mean somebody uh, i, I, I don 't apologize for anything and everything that kind of happened you know uh, half of it I, I was uncomfortable doing you know and uh, but I did it anyway and but but there was there were some things that in there in that, all of that that I believe God was able to uh, show us, and you know you never lose the passion the the practices and the the and the, in the, in the, in the um, how do i say the the, the um, uh, uh, the actions we do, practices, I think is a better word. Yeah. Uh, they, they may change, but the passion should never change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we love God. Mm-hmm. It's got to be number one. Number one on anybody's list is, I love God. Yeah. And because of my love for God, I will try things with God. Yeah. That's the things we can never lose. Amen, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Styles will come. I mean, back in my day, you know, we sung. Hillsong, you yeah, know, that was like the next thing to Jesus was Hillsong, you know, it was like, you know, we, we we'd never deviated from Hillsong, I think I know every single Hillsong song there was ever written in the 90s, even went to a Hillsong conference, you know, just so I could sing the songs I already knew uh, with the artists, but uh, there are some things that we, maybe we adopted and we did back in those days that we've got to let go of in these days. I love the fact that in God, uh, see, the Bible says, see, I'm doing a new thing, yeah. says the Lord. Yeah. That the old is gone, the new has come. Um, now, it doesn't mean that anything that was done in the old or in, uh, is wrong. Um, but I think everything has a season. Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I feel like in this season, this I you know, somebody might have preached this a while back, but uh, I I feel like, and this ties in nicely with with Vay's testimony. I feel like this is the season of uh, the Joshua's in the room, yeah. where the, the the ones that take the land, the, the ones that possess the land. The Moses was was about the presence. Yeah. If you really see Moses, and you understand the wilderness, it was about the presence. Everything centered around the present, the presence. Um. And, and so much the, Moses was in the presence of the Lord so much that the Bible says his face would actually shine with the glory of the Lord. He would have to put on a veil to cover the glory because the people couldn't. It wasn't for because he was ashamed of it. It's because the people couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle the glory because the glory was all about purity. The glory of the Lord. I mean, everybody, you know, Lord, let's send your glory. Oh, you really want the glory of the Lord? Because that's about the purging. About the fire, it's a holiness. Are you guys hearing this? The holiness of God. The the first encounter Moses had with God was take your sandals off, you're standing on holy ground. This is about the the holiness. But praise God that, that Moses journeyed with the Lord so much that he was able to withstand being in the presence of the Lord, so much so that the presence of the Lord radiated. On him every time he encountered God. Yeah. I believe we're in these days where God is setting us up. So that was Moses, right? This is actually, sorry guys, this is not even in the message. Um, the, the, uh, I, that was Moses, the presence. But I, I believe the days are, we're in these new days, which is actually not new at all, because many who've been journeying with the been in church long enough, you would have heard these messages before. But the Joshua, talking about the Joshua generation. And uh, the Joshua generation, if you compare it to Moses, was about taking the ground, taking the land, claiming the promise, walking around. The first thing God said to Joshua is go for a walk. See everything that I'm going to give you. See the land. Go walk the, the, the circumference of the, of the land. Go see. Go, go to every, every, every corner of the land I'm giving you. We need to be like Joshua and see what the Lord is giving us and claim that. That's ours. But then if you understand the Joshua generation, um, it, it wasn't given to Joshua. He had to fight for it. Amen? He actually had to fight for it. It wasn't just given to him on a platter and go, okay, Moses is dead. Here's the promise. All for you. It's not like David and Solomon. David um, wanted to build the house of the Lord, uh, but God stopped him. But in, in, and instead told him to to prepare everything. And Solomon built the house. So it was almost like, oh, man, that's unfair. Well, you know, it's like, man, I'm doing all the work, but he gets all the blessing. But that's just how God is. That wasn't this when 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 Moses and Joshua had their uh, relationship uh, or um, shift in the generations or in seasons. Um, Nothing was just given to Joshua. He had to fight for it. That's the Joshua generation we're in. We're in a generation where God is saying, hey, see, look, this is what I'm giving you, but you've got to fight for it. I'm not just going to... That sounds like a a paradox, right? It sounds like a a contradiction. I'm giving you this, but you've got to fight for it. If you're giving it to me, shouldn't shouldn't it just be easy? Well, nothing I believe that God gives us is ever easy. Number one. And if you don't fight for it, you won't be able to handle what he gives you. Because it's in the fighting that you actually grow in the Lord. Amen. It's actually in the fighting and and in the pressure times and in the times of testing and the times of trials, times of tribulation that you actually grow the most. Uh, everybody wants the blessing of the Lord, but uh, let me tell you if, you: if you, I heard it said once, if you want peace, if you want, if, if you want patience, for example, yeah, that's it. Patience, God's going to give you trials, because the only the, the only way you can get the fruit of patience is to go through a trial, and I believe that's what the Joshua generation is all about. We have been promised something, but we've got to work for it. We've got to fight for it. We've got to take it. Yeah, we've got to, actually got to claim it. We've got to declare it over our lives. Oh, Lord, I journeyed with you all this way. For 40 years I journeyed with you. Why is it still hard work? I don't know. I don't have the answer. That's between you and the Lord. All I know is that's the process of, of receiving the promise. It's just a whole lot of hard work. Like I said a few weeks back, the harvest means work. The concept of the harvest, meaning everything has been fully matured, fully grown, fully ready uh, to be reaped, that's the time where you don't sit back. Actually, that's the time where you actually sweat. You get dirty, you muck in, because the harvest means work. And that's where we're at right now. But when you read this passage in Luke 10, it says, this is the prophetic statement that I want to leave with you. There are some things in order to receive the harvest or do the work of the harvest, there are some things that you need to let go of. You, You need to leave behind. It could be those things, those wrong doctrine or wrong theology or hurts from the past or misunderstandings or whatever it is, uh, um, or un- doubt and unbelief or second guessing yourself. You know, how many are in that camp? You know, uh, don't give me away. No, it's all right. Uh, I'm in that camp. Let me just say that. Doubting myself all the time. No, you've been doing this for a long time. Why are you still doubting? Oh, just talk to my wife. She'll tell you every time on the way home. And was that, you know, did I, did I share, it? Was, was it okay? Did anybody, it make sense? it's almost like, you know, I I I feel like Elijah after he's just defeated all those prophets, and then one word negative word from somebody, and I'm and I'm and I'm I'm, I'm curled up in a fetal position, discouraged, just by one little word. But that's what I'm dealing with. I don't I know I can't be the only one because we're all human. We must be dealing with stuff. <laughs> But there's stuff in our lives, things that we've adopted, things that we've inherited, things that we've taken on, things that we were told we were supposed to carry with us, an extra pair of sandals, an extra bag or whatever, extra money, whatever. We've carried, started lugging those things around because somebody told us that's what you need for the journey. And in order to be a Christian, you've got to do this, you've got to be like this, you've got to talk like this, you've got to act like this, you've got to look like this all those sorts of things, but now we're recognizing that none of those things are actually needed for what God wants for us. Are you guys seeing this? So you've got to let go. There's got to be a spiritual severing of the spiritual ties uh, to things that were holding you back, the chains that were, that were holding you bound. You might be free on the outside, but you were imprisoned in the spirit. Amen, somebody. Oh, Soup Sunday, we've got to stop. We were bound in those things. And, and maybe we don't actually see it because we're too close to it. But maybe it, it takes somebody else to do the journey with us to identify those things within us. Like, like um, John the Revelator. When he speaks about the church in Ephesus, right? When he wrote prophetically, and he spoke about, or God spoke about the church in Ephesus, and says, Oh, you've done all these things. They're amazing things, wonderful things. Ah, but there's one thing. There's one thing. You've forgotten your first love. Go back and do the things you did at first. I I believe to help us identify those things so that we can be fully. Free from those things, you need good people around you. Christianity was never meant to be done in isolation. doesn't mean people won't try to do it in isolation, but it was never meant to be done in isolation. I don't read that in the first church, in the early church. I don't read that in any of Paul's writings, Um, and that hasn't been my experience thus far. But it doesn't mean people are still not going to try and do ah, oh, I, I, it's just me and God. Mm. That's not that's not how this thing was supposed to be outworked. Just just remember, before anything was created, there were God. There was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three in one. They existed, and that was the model for relationship and for what we now call the church. It was it was this unity. Perichoresis, you know. Another day, another story. I'll tell it then. Let me try and land this thing. Uh, I just want to thank you guys. I want to thank Vay for sharing that. It's just so powerful. How many feel like they got something out of them? Uh, That was enough. Let me me finish with this um, last verse. The very last verse, Chris, which is Galatians. Is that right? Yeah. In my notes, I put a different book in there. It says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. This, This morning I wanted to talk to you guys about freedom. I just praise God He revealed it to you throughout this whole service if you were paying attention. So let me finish with this whole This passage, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Christ has set us free. Whom the Son sets free, the Bible says, is free indeed. Free from the yoke of slavery. Whatever it is that oppressed you, whatever it is that's held you in bondage, could be lack of confidence, it could be fear, it could be uh, um, wrong beliefs. You, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Whatever that is that's oppressing you, God has broken that off of you. Amen. It's only in Christ. When he went to the cross, that thing was dealt to. But you have to accept his free gift of salvation and freedom. With freedom comes. So, with salvation comes freedom. Amen. It does. I'm going to have to preach this message another time. We're done. Come on, let's all stand together. It's okay, Sam. You can. Yeah, you're good. Come on, just close your eyes where you are. Let me. Let me just remind you as we close this morning that nothing is impossible for our God. There's no mountain too high that cannot be made low by our God. No situation that you're facing that God cannot break through. He is almighty. Before anything existed, God was there. So he who is outside of everything that existed is outside of your situation, outside of your circumstances, outside of your problems, your fear, your doubts, your unbelief, your chains, your bondage, the yoke of slavery that you're under. He's outside of all those things. And he can peer into those things and break those things. And he did when he sent his son, Jesus. You've just got to accept that. Amen. Amen. Salvation is not just for eternity with God in heaven. Salvation's for here on earth as well. We're supposed to be working out our salvation. Amen, somebody. That means we're supposed to be working out what freedom really looks like in our lives what wholeness looks like, what restoration looks like, what, what all these things that God wants for us looks like. Work out. Keep working out your salvation. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for this amazing, amazing church. Thank you, Father, for your word to us this morning. None of it will return void. All of it will accomplish that which you've sent it out to accomplish. I pray you'll bless us as we go from this place. You'll bless us in our, in our, in our week. That we may see you in the midst of every situation and we break every stronghold. Yes. I believe tonight some of you guys are going to deal to some strongholds in your life tonight. Yeah. So those chains you're going to sever and break. Yeah. It's power. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we give you the glory. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said. Another great message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more content and updates, come see us on our Facebook page or jump over to our website. Thanks so much for listening.